Have you ever moved to a new city only to realize how much you missed your favorite cuisine from the place you called home for so many years? Joey Hummel experienced just that. And after moving to Austin, he realized he's much more likely to get a delicious breakfast taco than he is a New York-style bagel. So he decided to take matters into his own hands. In today's episode, you'll hear Joey's story, from traveling worldwide as a rock musician to making bagels by hand in his home kitchen, which has evolved into one of the best bagel spots here in the Austin area. Enjoy. This is the What's Brewing ATX podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Austin, Texas. Hear from some of the top local business owners and those making a big impact in our community. From tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the Austin real estate market, we've got you covered. And of course, we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit each week so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. What are we sipping on today, gents? Little Still Austin Whiskey. Oh, what do you think? This is your first uh, first sip. Love still it. experience. Smooth. Like it? Yeah. Smooth. I love it. Mm-hmm. We had them on... Mm. Um, that's good. Maybe three or four episodes ago, earlier this year, we went to their distillery and tried a few the other different, yeah, a few different nice. whiskeys, and it's good stuff. They usually come if you get on their uh, mailing list. They'll send out some different uh, when they have like special releases. And the samples or uh, no, Just like when they have a special release where okay. they'll they have like fifty of one bottle or oh, however nice. many. Um, oh, that's yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah, so yeah. definitely. Sign up for their I've got a friend who works for Still, so I always try to watch her Instagram for stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, what they got going on today? I wonder if they yeah. do seasonal, like like a fall, a pumpkin bourbon. I don't think they do a pumpkin. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I sure hope not. <laughs> no, but they've got some good stuff. Um, and have you been over to the yard over there where they're yeah. located? Yeah. There's a cool. Few I played. Spots what was the there. brewery? Is it Independence Brewery? Some it's Saint a brewery Elmo. right. Saint, Saint Elmo's, Elmo's right next correct. to it. Okay. Right next to it. Yeah, I played a gig there uh, some years back, uh, but I didn't go into the distillery. But man, I drank bourbon neat for nine years. Just beautiful, glorious. It's so good. Throwback. So Throwback yeah. Thursday today. We're all sipping in a fancy uh, Jason's Deli plastic cup, but hey, does the job. The bourbon yeah. tastes good. It's the right shape. So Joey. We gotta know. Tell you know you're, you're here in Austin. You're originally from the Northeast. Correct, Queens. Queens, Jackson Queens, Heights. wonderful spot. Um, tell us your story. Starting from when? No wrong answer here. <laughs> no wrong answer. Um, ah, my story. Now, now I was always <laughs> wondering what my story is. I was always like Everyone to be determined. One. I love yeah. this question. Uh, yeah. But I mean, in a nutshell, you know, born and raised in Jackson Heights, Queens. Nice. Um, you know, at a time where New York was, as a kid, you know, New York was, uh, kind of curse on you? It was a shithole. You know, it was on the verge of bankruptcy. It was a tough place to grow up. You know, things, you know, all the shit you see from, like, the old movies and stuff, your full graffiti trains, and that was just normal. Yeah. You know? I mean, now it's a lot more clean and safer. But, um, yeah, I grew up, uh, music was always kind of my thing. You know, mm. just love music and but I worked corporate like my whole life. You know, that's what you do in New York, right? You really? You work at big companies or law firms and brokerage firms and all that shit. Is that what you did? Yeah, since I'm like 17, mm. you know. And then oh, wow. um, I was working for uh, UBS at the time. Um, it was Payne Weber that got taken over by UBS. And 
I was always playing music, but just you know, maybe a gig a month, what a gig every two months. A rock, and roll. Uh, rock and roll. Yep. Yeah, yep, a little yep. bit of rock, rock and roll. Mm. Um, you know, just kind of standard, nothing too crazy. But like, I just love playing, you know. And mm. I was getting older. I was like 28, and I was like, you know, this is uh, a year, after, not even a year after 9/11, right? So maybe eight months or something. Mm. And I was just kind of sick of it all. I'm like, I don't. This is not meant for me. This kind of corporate stuff. I hated business in general. Just hated business, didn't want no part of it. And I got an opportunity. My buddies were like, hey, you know, we're moving to Austin. One of them was from Austin. And um, like, you know, why don't you come down and play drums for us? I'm like, what? Like, we, like Austin, I don't, Texas? Like, yeah, right. Is yeah, that, where is that in Texas? Yeah. No, let me look where Texas is on the map. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know anything about horses or, you know, <laughs> desert. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. what do I know? I'm a New Yorker. I don't know anything about this stuff. And, um, you know, only the stereotypes, right? And, uh, so my buddy, my other buddy was like, well, you know, you can make a living playing drums. You can make 50 bucks a night. You know, your rent's going to be a couple hundred bucks a month. I was just like, oh. That works. Oh, I can make a living playing drums. That sounds good. And considering the place I was in, I was just like, you know, just, just so, like everybody in the Northeast was, or especially New York, was just pretty pretty glum after 9-11. You know, just a really gray, gray place to be. Yeah. The energy was not good. Nothing was flowing. And I was just like, fuck it. I want out so bad. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me go. Like, after 9-11, I was like, they laid off like thousands and thousands of people. I'm like, hey, lay me off. Like, I'll yeah. collect unemployment. I can still pay my rent. Great. It was to be awesome. Mm. Like, no, but the laying of people of like 25 years who have families and stuff. Oh, I'm wow. like, no, lay me off. Don't lay them off. No, they wouldn't. Because I didn't make enough money to lay me off, you know? Mm. They can just you know, mm. slave me away and still pay me nothing. And I was like, man. So I was just like, Done my work like nine o'clock. Get in at nine. Done by ten. Put my feet up on the desk and like, my work's done for the day. I don't need to do anything else unless something comes in. It's like you can't sit here like that. I'm like, let me go. You know, I just kept. You did. <laughs> so you did what it took to get yourself. I was trying a movie, <laughs> um, but they wouldn't do it. So finally, I was like, look, you got to meet me halfway. So finally, they let me go part time, three days a week, moving to another department. And I was like, all right, it's three days a week. That's not so bad. Then this opportunity came up. And I was like, good. I've been trying to get out of the situation that I'm in. I'm like, fuck it. Why not? Like, this is something I've always wanted to do since I'm a kid. So I left and moved to Austin, like, I don't know, a month later or something. Um, and it was, you know, <laughs> both bands I moved down here to play with, you know, pretty much broke up within, like, two months. Mm. I was like, well, that's just great. Yeah, I moved down here with no money, nothing to do, and... But I ended up getting to a good situation uh, about less than a year later, um, right place at the right time, got myself uh, involved in a country band that was touring the world. You're uh, kidding. Yeah, so. What? And I just got <laughs> a New Yorker. Are you serious? Band. Yeah, exactly. And I played the Grand Old Opry a couple of times. I toured 14 countries. Uh, oh, wow. It became this like really like surreal experience, you know. Planes, trains, automobiles, different countries, and waking up and going to another country, and then you know, two countries in one day, kind of thing. Like, it was wild. It was, it was great. I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was traveling. You know, I was seeing the world. I was like, oh, this yeah. is fucking great. Like, I yeah. love Austin. You know, come back and like, life is just you know, go go away for like six weeks and come back. And you know, like I had a door door gig at the gate at the Saxon, door job at the Saxon. So you know, I'd pick up some shifts here and there if I was in town, some extra money. Like, it was great. Like, I had this really great lifestyle. Relocated to Spain um, with the band because we're just making so much more money in Europe. Like, mm. let's fuck America. Let's just go make some money in Europe, you know? Um, and we did that, but then it started getting like real kind of Fleetwood Mac ish, you know? Like, 
things were just the band was falling apart emotionally yeah. and you know you're living together touring together it became a lot so um mm. i got out kind of <laughs> just before everything just blew up um went back to new york you know it's like i by that time my parents had moved to jersey out of the city so i'd stay with them to go into the city to play music hang out with friends then i'd go up to connecticut where my other brother was pick up some work so i was like doing three states a day kind of thing you know and it was kind of exhausting that's a like, lot yeah i was like why don't i just go back to austin like i had the best life there I was like you know swim every day and <laughs> never set an alarm clock you know you work at night but you're working in bars around music and people i'm like you know i'm still young like you know i want this life so I came back to Austin um, in 2007, and I was like, you know what, this time I'm gonna get myself a corporate job, I wanna go back to corporate world and make some money. I'm sick of being poor for so long. Even though I got to have all these great experiences, I never made any money. Mm. You know, when I left tour, I had 65 euro cents in my pocket, but a brand wow. new, a gorgeous bottle of cognac and a fresh pack of cigarettes. I was like, all right, yeah. not so bad. I, I came out on top. Needed. Ready to go. Yeah, I was like, I came out on top of this. Um, so I came back to Austin, and immediately, within two months, I was playing in like 19 bands. It was ridiculous. You're kidding. Yeah, whether, whether I was subbing or That's had like lot. six permanent bands and then just pick up gigs. I was like, wait, I'm not doing what, I'm still barely making a $300 a month rent, you know, playing all these shows. And I was working at Momo's as a door guy <laughs> in between. And I was like, I'm just not making any money. Like this is, I came back to work corporate and just get a paycheck and maybe get a nice apartment downtown. Um, but none of that seemed to kind of work. It was just one of these things like, you know, it's back to playing music for nothing. And so I was like, well, it's, it's what I love doing. Maybe I'll find a way. <clears throat> I ended up picking up, before I left New York, I started working for a company, a marketing company, um, do a lot of advertising and stuff. So I kind of started picking up gigs with them. And then the, the, the operations manager of that company left, started a new company. When I moved to Austin, he's like, hey, I'm starting a new company. You know, you can work from anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. you know. Well, anywhere in the States, I guess, really, because um, it's a travel gig. So I was like, yeah. you know, if you start this company, let me know. Like, I'll come do some work for you. So he did, and he, he had like four months' worth of work. I was making like a 1000 bucks a week. I was like, oh, this is nice. Mm. This is good. You yeah. know, when you rent 300 bucks, Whoa. I was like, oh, this is good money. Yeah. You know, I never had <laughs> money before. So, <laughs> so, of course, you know, I pretty much quit all my gigs and shit. I was like, nope, because it's all weekends of Wednesday to Sunday. So I'm like, well, mm. not really. I can play a couple of days early in the week but I'm gone. So for like four months, three and a half months, I made a bunch of money. Of course, I spent it like there was no tomorrow. Like I'd never seen money before, you know, and bought a lot of recording gear and, and musical stuff, paid my roommates rents and bills, and I was just having fun with money. You, you were know? the baller of the group. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, of course, I blew through that real quick. And then, which I didn't really kind of understand yet, that kind of work was more seasonal. It's kind of like, you know, when big oh, companies have shoot. their... Um, yeah. You know, their budget for the year kind of runs out around November, October, November. And then, you know, you don't really, that kind of work doesn't pick up against like March. So I was like, oh, shit. Well, I have no gigs to go back to. I've yeah. got no other, these freelance gigs. I'm like, well, I got like 30 bucks in the account. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. You know, because I had quit, you know, my door job because I was working on the weekends and I was making money. I was like, well, this is great. So, you know, outside of a couple of pickup gigs, I was just kind of in a situation like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and I had no idea what to do. So, but one thing I didn't know, I was really frustrated as far as food goes. Because like, well, now I'm broke again. Uh -huh. So, you know, in New York, when you're broke, you eat pizza and bagels. That's yeah. how you get by. You know, yeah. it's inexpensive. 
and it's filling, and that's kind of what you do. So, and delicious. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. Delicious. So coffee and bagels every morning is like, oh, these bagels suck. These bagels suck. So finally, I was like, you know, town, I'm going to make my yes, own. Like, I'm yeah. so frustrated. So where were you getting yeah. bagels in yeah. 2002? Uh, just every or coffee shop because it was all the same bagel. Yeah, it, was, right. it was one person, right. one company making all the bagels for Whole Foods, uh, every coffee shop in town, mm-hmm. Central Market, whatever. Like Kind of like how you go to a coffee shop now and find Taco Deli tacos. Right. You know, at most of them. Mm-hmm. So everyone had the same bagels. Right, absolutely. And so, they weren't good. And this wasn't good. So Paper. I was like, yeah. I'm going to try to make them myself. Of course, I've never made bagels before or had no experience baking. I mean, baking as a kid, cakes and stuff, never like bread baking and stuff. Didn't know any of it. Um, so I just scoured YouTube because I had all this time now. You know, it wasn't working. YouTube's okay. incredible. Let, oh, it's great. It's incredible. Give yeah. us a quick time. Where are we timeline? So this is oh, yeah. Um, yeah, good question. Yeah. December 2008. Okay. So wow. YouTube's still very new when yeah. it comes to learning right. how to do I've something. I've been on the internet since 94, I believe. I got my first – or 92, I got my first computer. It okay. was – I got it, um, like I'm so dating myself here, but I remember getting the modem, like I was having my computer built by my cousin's friend, and when I went to pick it up, I was like, it's got, it's got that thing, that modem thing you talked about? He's like, yeah. He's like, but next week, they're coming out with a 28.8. He's like, that's double the speed of the one I put in for you. He's like, I'm so excited about that. Oh, what like, does that even oh, mean, dude? Yeah. Yeah, like, I want that. <laughs> I want double the speed of. I don't even know what this thing is. Yeah, you know. So I've always, you know, the internet's always kind of been this uh, source of fun and inspiration for me since you know the early '90s. Um, so of course I just would scour, yeah, and there wasn't a lot yeah. of information out there yet. Yeah, you know, on bagel making, it was, it was a lot of it was all home recipes, and just by looking at them, I'm like, that doesn't look like me. Tastes like crap. Yeah. So <laughs> so I did some experiments, and actually the first experiment I did actually was so. Uh, New Year's Eve came, you know, so this is going into 2009, and um, I had no plans, no money to really do anything. So I'm like, oh, I lived in a house with like five other people, all musicians and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm staying in. Everybody else had gigs and stuff. I'm, like, oh, I'm just going to stay in. My buddy stayed in with me for a little while. So, you know, at like 12.15, he went out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. So I woke up the next morning, and I made my first batch of bagels. I was like, Meh. I went to the store that day, bought a bunch of flour oh and stuff. God, I was like, no, I went to bed, went to bed early, got up early. I'm like, oh, I'll try this. This sounds like something fun for me to do. And uh, it actually came out all right. They weren't New York bagels by any means, but they were better than what I was having here in Austin. Like, you know, my friends all kind of woke up at like 2 o'clock or whatever, you know, and I was like hungry and like, oh, I made these bagels. I was just like, oh, my God, these are amazing. <laughs> it was still bread with the whole, yeah. but, you know, it had – a lot, a lot of potentials, let's say, mm. and so I just got obsessed, like I normally do with things. And yeah. every day, two, three times a day, I was making bagels, just batches of bagels, and just tweaking things and researching. And then I started looking into bread making and, and science and chemistry. Mm. So I just started like huh. going deep, 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 you know. And then um, in three weeks, I, I don't even know where it came. I had a talk with a friend of mine who was pretty good with business, and she had a couple of businesses and stuff, and invested in things. We literally talked over coffee, and she's like, I think it's a really great idea. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I ripped off a piece of paper from like my cigarette cart in my box, and I wrote down a couple of notes on that. That was my business plan, right? You know, it was like yeah, you know, whatever works. two inches by an inch and a half. Um, that was my business plan on that. And, and 
you know, it came up with the name right away. It was like, oh, you know, Rockstar Bagels. Like, it sounds kind of fun. Okay, it cool. Fun. Um, yeah. And then, so basically by mid, and I think it's like January 21st to 23rd, I sent off to, you know, paperwork to get, uh, become an S-Corp. And I had really no plan. When, 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 when did you say? So 2009. This is January 2009. 2009. 2009. Okay, about, okay. So about three, three, three and a half weeks later, yeah. um, I sent off paperwork. So I was just, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just basically making bagels every day. Yeah. And didn't know, again, didn't know anything about business, didn't like business. So, um, so I kind of did, you know, but word is getting out. So all my friends start buying them for me. And, you know, they're like, hey, you, know, you want, can you deliver a dozen? So I'd get up. Seven o'clock in the morning, make some bagels, drop them off to my friends for twelve bucks. You know, six bucks here, six bucks here, twelve bucks here. All right, it's chump change. That was enough to buy more supplies. Yeah, yeah. you know, and just I didn't think about anything. I was just like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, it's a silly little thing. This is fun. kind of fun, and yeah. I'm doing something. I'm keeping myself busy, right? Being productive, and that was more important. And uh, <laughs> I had a coffee shop one day, and um, I made my friend's friend. And she works over at, it was called uh, Garden, I can't remember now. It was on like South Congress next to um, that little garden place over there, uh, like just south of Old Dwarf. Mm. There was a little coffee shop right there. Uh, I can't think of the name, but it's something Garden or Garden something. I know the, um, um, the, co- the, the nursery. The nursery over there. Yeah, yeah. so it was Great Outdoors. Right, right, Great Outdoors. So it was right next to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, I work there. She's like, you know, you bring us some samples tomorrow? I'm like, ah, yeah, sure. So I bring them, and you know, in like this wicker basket with like, you know, six bagels in a wicker basket with with a towel, all like nice and kind of like country home kind of presentation. Yeah. And you know, get a call a couple hours later. Oh, these are amazing! Great, we'll, we'll take six, we'll take a half dozen a day every day. Wow. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I get the phone. Like, wait, wait, what? What, what? what did I just? Dude, I have to be there at six o'clock in the morning every seven days a week for six dollars. I was like, oh my god! But you know, I guess that's part of my problem. Who I am? I just said yes. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I did, and I just I I did have one like last little tour coming up in February, um, that was on the books. So I was gonna be gone for like four or five days. So I had one of my roommates. I was like, man, like if you help me out with this, like I'll make you. Half in this business. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. Half, great. I give him half the business. Whoa. Just, just come through for me, cause I, cause now I'm doing this like, you know, I'll be about two weeks in at this point, delivering every day. It was miserable. Slammed. Yeah. Waking you're up slammed. every morning for six bagels. Yeah. All right, but when was, you're making breakfast yeah. food for people, you better be up well before them. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's tough. Making a fresh and, breakfast. Because I'm also yeah. still learning. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm working through the night. You know, yeah. And where are, researching. You, where are you doing this? In a, My house. In an apartment or co- uh, uh, house? We had a pretty big house. Okay. Um, yeah. I said that. It was a four-bedroom house. Uh, so just in the kitchen? You're... Just the kitchen, yeah. <clears throat> Amongst a bunch of drunk roommates and yeah. you know, party house and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so I went away on tour for like four days. And of course, he missed two of those days because like, oh, yeah, I was just drunk and I didn't want to do it. No. I was like, you know, so thank God they understood. They were cool with it. I was like, that's it. You're fired. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I did. I started delivering bagels every day for six bucks, you know, at 6 a.m. <laughs> and, but they were like, hey, you know, in March, we're opening up another coffee shop. And we'll probably want like a dozen bagels or something. I was like, oh. And she's like, and you know, we, you know, we're buying this from a dip, from a bakery and maybe they'll want bagels too. I was like, okay, that's cool. So 
by mid March, I had three accounts. Hmm. I was like, all right, this is you know, accounts. Okay. So I was like, what? accounts. So yeah. it was really official. Yeah. I mean, I'm still only making about 18 bucks a day. But I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I didn't have a commercial kitchen or anything yet. So I was like, all right. I went and I started sending out emails to like everybody. Didn't even remember doing that because now I'm just obsessed. I'm researching day in, day out, nonstop. From morning to, to noon, I didn't sleep anymore. I just researched and experimented. <clears throat> Kept trying to get things right. So I kind of looked up, okay, well, how to start a business in Austin? Like, what do I need to do? Oh, I need a commercial kitchen. Yeah. You know, I need this permit. I need this permit. So I just, as soon as I got online, okay, typed in commercial kitchen, Austin. I was like, well, I can probably maybe. So I did a little math in my head. Like about 500 bucks a month would be the max I can spend. First thing that comes up, commercial kitchen, 500 bucks a month. I was like, so oh, yeah. Boop. called up. <laughs> Dude was amazing. And I was like, well, yeah. I've never even been in a commercial kitchen. I barely know what they are. He was awesome. Um, he, he's got a great company, Spirited Food Company. And mm. fa- fabulous, fabulous mentor of mine um, back in the early days, Andrew Brooks. Fabulous guy. I love him. Mm. And uh, so I just did the steps, right? And, you know, I submitted for that permit, submitted for that permit. A, B, C, D, you know, bullet points. Okay, do this, do this, do this. Didn't know anything. And then little by little, you know, word starts getting out. I start picking up accounts little by little. And it starts to grow. I mean, you know, once I'm in the, my, like the first week in the commercial kitchen, which I moved in, I forget, like sometime in the end of March or April 1st, maybe. So I've been at this about a month and a half. Moved to the commercial kitchen, you know, so I'm up to like 90 bagels a week. I'm like, hey, that's it's a lot. Oof. And everything's done by hand at this point, you know. Oh, okay. So it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, but I am, I'm not sleeping because I'm researching. Now I'm obsessed with yeah. like, these still don't taste like New York bagels. How do I, you know, what do I need to do? Like, and there's no, no other information. So everything I'm, you know, just everything I can possibly think of. Um, and for some reason, it just starts taking off. You know, bloggers are hitting me up. And this, that, and then, you know, it's just like, man, a blogger, I don't know what a blogger is, yeah. you know, like all these say, little yeah, things were kind of happening. Yeah. So this is 2009, and I just nose to the grind and just 24-7 working now. Like, I was literally sleeping one hour every 27, 28 hours, you know, maybe a little nap, a little 20-minute nap here and there, yeah. but I'm obsessed. Yeah. And I have a lot of work to do, you know, and I don't know what I'm doing. At all, so I'm just like, what did I get myself into, right? Like, this is insane. So, long story short, this is fired um, up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just going, and then, you know, within, so that's April by September. You know, I'm growing. I'm, I'm up to, you know, maybe a couple hundred bagels a week. You know, I pick up Wheatsville, and I'm like, no. Wheatsville, and that's, and they, they want like a hundred bagels a day, and I'm like. Like, hey, if you don't mind me asking, how did you, this is maybe, I forget, like, end of the summer or something. How did yeah. you, you find out who I am? She's like, yeah. you sent this an email. So that one day I was so, like, oh, wow. wired out of my brain, like, couldn't sleep, sending off all these emails. Yeah. Oh, like, they responded, God. and that was, like, a huge account for me. I was like, oh, that, like, doubled my, my accounts right there. What? I was like, this is great. And then yeah. this, again, yeah. this uh, Austin Chronicle, was it the Chronicle? Statesman, Statesman hits me up. Mm. They want to do a story on me. Because I, I did a couple of blogger stuff. Um, that kind of started getting me a lot more attention. And then the Statesman hits me up. This is like September. So it's only from pretty much, you know. In a nine-month um, span, you're yeah. wow. just from word of mouth. Because social media, it's not like yeah. Instagram, exactly. Facebook. Right. You know, I knew a lot of people being a door guy, being a musician. Yeah. I knew like every damn musician in town. And they were all super supportive because, again, it's cheap food. And they've all toured to New York, and that's 
mm-hmm. getting bagels is something you yep. do, right? It's, oh, we're in New York. Let's go get bagels, right? So they had a lot of support from like the music community, off, you know, from the start, which was amazing. And I, you know, that's why I love Austin, like this, this kind of like hub of love. Yeah. Um, but when the Statesman does this four-page layout in the main section, not even in the food section, they do it in the main section. And it's just you know how the Statesman is like this huge yeah. paper, so it's, it's basically big. two two of those giant pages. But they have a bagel off with like uh, they get. Essa Bagels from New York, Einstein's, mm. myself, uh, uh, H&H Bagels, and then my competitor here at the time. And uh, so it's like, I think, five of us in this. And I'm like, and like, I was like, oh, man, like, I didn't know that's exactly what they used to ask for some samples. And they weren't the best looking samples that day. Um, I mean, the flavor is always the same. But the sam- yeah, they weren't that pretty that day. So they and were I'm doing like, a competition. Yeah, and I didn't know, know that. Dude. And, and I was like, oh, when it came out, I was like, what? I don't know about this. But of course, we won. No. <laughs> and up against two of the biggest New York yeah, bagel dude. companies. You know, of course, the recipe's been developing over months and months. But they're still not where I wanted them to be. But they were definitely decent. They were so much better than what was in Austin at the time. And I was just like, and it's this huge article. They got everything and but the guy writing it was a jewish guy from long island so of course he's partial to bagels like like we all are in new york they're just like you know it's it's kind of the lifeline and uh it's just this gorgeous article huge huge in the main section and it's this two-page layout but like the big ass pages so like basically four of some you know another smaller magazine and that blew me up i like tripled my uh that the accounts within that first week wow. i didn't know what to do i mean at that point i had a couple of people oh, working part-time man, with me you know and i wasn't you know i wasn't paying myself because it didn't have so i really was still living on no money it was just enough to pay my rent that's it like, just yeah. eating bagels of course i gained like 30 pounds the first year mm-hmm. just, i, had, I couldn't afford anything else i just yeah. ate bagels you know get whataburger at like five o'clock in the morning on the way home because i would you know mix all the dough you know, shape it and everything, ferment it, come back, you know, go home, research more, 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 come back, boil, bake, bag everything up, and then go deliver it. I was doing everything, just seven days a week. And I just kept going and going and, and just started getting bigger and bigger. And then kind of really right after that, we're like, well, I got to leave. This. I, there's no more room for me in this kitchen. I'm, I've grown too fast. So the same girl who got my first account, she's like, hey, why don't you come to Cherrywood Coffee House? We mm. can, let me talk to the owner. Maybe we can probably squeeze you into that kitchen. So I did that. I moved to Cherrywood, um, which allowed me to a lot more room. So I had a the guy who I was working for in New York with that company was a friend of mine. He, you know, was like, I'll throw you some money, give you a hand here and this. I'm like, awesome. So I got my first. And people were coming out of the woodworks like, hey, you need money, you need money. And I'm like, yeah, no, because I don't know how any of this stuff works. You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm used to not having money. I don't. What am I gonna do with somebody else's money? So mm-hmm. at the same time. St. Ed's had uh, reached out to me. He said, this is still September. St. Ed's reaches out to me, the business program. Like, hey, you know, we would love for you to come teach a class, like a, one, a one-time, like a guest spot. How to blow up your business <laughs> I'm in like, nine months. What? <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, hey, I'm, maybe you have the wrong person. Like, I, I'm not a teacher. I, you know, I went to a music college for two years and dropped out. Like, I don't know anything about <laughs> teaching the class. She's like, look, she's like, this is a business one-on-one. She's like, I've read your story. I've read everything you did. This is what I teach in my class. Like, so she sends me the syllabus, and I look at this, and I'm like, 
I did this, this, yeah, I did everything on the list. And I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of silly. But so I went to St. Ed's and I taught a class one day and it was wild and weird. But I was like, here's somebody who hates business, you know, and just despised the business world teaching a class in business, you know. Um, but it, it was wild. It was a hell of a trip, you know. So I moved to Cherrywood and then just, again, everything just kind of kept growing and growing, you know. Um, then we just outgrew kitchen after kitchen, you know, until finally, what is it now? Like is it seven years we're in this space, uh, six and a half, seven years, uh, maybe seven years. So mm. when we finally got our own place, it took a long time, and um, so we moved multiple times. We, after that, we moved to Cenote. After Cherry, we moved to Cenote for mm. another couple of years. Um, then eventually, we got our own spot because we just kept outgrowing everything, like. You know, cause with bagels, you know, we have a walk-in about the size of this room mm-hmm. that stores all of our bagels to cold ferment. So, and, you know, when you're sharing that with the, a restaurant, there's just no it fills room. Up quickly. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. no room. So we really need our own space. And the, the first time, so I got this, it took me, God, almost a year and a half to get this space because I signed the lease three or four times. They just kept dropping the ball, dropping the ball, and. Like what? So finally, I'm like, I give up. Like the space isn't gonna happen. Yeah. And it was awful trying to find another space. And then the sign went back up again. I'm like, reached and it's just a different realtor now. So I'm like, hey, look, I've been, I've signed this paperwork three times. I want this building. I know it's old, and I want it. You know, it's price is right. It's cheap. And this is kind of where we where we still are now. And finally, I got the damn space, and we moved in, and oh, and it had the walk up window. So I was like. I can offer retail. Yeah. This would be cool. I've never done that before. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about retail. I just knew how to eat. So I was like, well, so I hired a buddy of mine who, who ran a um, food truck and stuff, and, and we started the retail. You know, It was obviously sort, sort of real small, but we already had a name about us You know, because now it's like I mean, five years in at that point. No, no maybe about seven years in. Um, you know, we, so we already had an established wholesale name, and we had, I don't know, probably good – 60 70 accounts at that point it's great and so now you know so once we opened up a retail it was kind of people knew who we were and we started growing with that and that just you know kept growing over the years which has been great all the way up to like covid which before covid we had like 120 wholesale accounts which was great you know definitely the biggest in austin for wholesaling um because right was it uh, 2019 my competitor of all those years Decided to retire. So we got flooded with all his accounts, just came to us. There was another competitor at the time coming up, coming up, but we got all that. And it was, it was actually a, I don't want to say a bad thing, but it cost me more money. It cost me money instead of making money because of all the labor going into all these accounts. And everybody wants to raise It's like, well, we're working our asses off now for, we're up to doing, I think, like 14,000 bagels a week. And it just, you know, it's a lot of labor and it's yeah. really, really costly. And, you know, people don't understand is, you know, all my price of goods go up multiple times a year. Yeah. Right. God forbid if I raise my, my bagels a nickel over the course of four or five years, everybody complains. Yeah. I'm like, well, my stuff has gone up 30% in one year. Can you imagine? I raised it a nickel in five years. It's like, yeah. You can pay $10 for a smoothie where somebody sticks fruit exactly. in a blender and pours it into your cup. But you're fine with $10. But if you've got to pay more than $2 for a bagel, oh, my God. Like, so it's, it's a weird conundrum. But, yeah, so that's kind of taken me all the way up to where I am today where this business just just kept growing. 
you know, it's wow, insane. The, the, wow. It sounds like the speed of growth yeah. is not normal at all no, it, it for took most off. businesses out there. Right. So it's 12 and a half years now that we're in business and, you know, it's definitely been a struggle, but it's wild that, you know, that I'm in business for 12 and a half years, my own business <laughs> yeah. and a food business. Like it, it's never really settled in with me because in my head, I'm still a musician, right? You know, that's still my love. And it's just, it's just weird. Like, even being here doing a podcast about bagels, like it, it'll just never be a reality huh. to me. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody comes to my house. Oh, this is the house that bagels built. Huh? It's like, yeah. Well, like, oh, yeah, I should really appreciate it more. You know, when people talk about like, you know, following a passion or do what you love to do. I mean, for you, you were playing music, but you loved food. You yeah, loved sure. bagels and you start, you didn't do it for the money. Just, you know, you did <laughs> I still it. don't do it for the money. Yeah, well, exactly. You did, you did it because you liked bagels and you saw a need for it, a gap in the market, right. especially locally, because you don't think of Texas, especially Austin, Texas, as like a bagel hub. Right. You know, and you think tacos, breakfast tacos, Burritos, sure. you know, Tex-Mex, that kind of stuff. And think about it. Back in 2009, there still wasn't a lot of good food here yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, outside of obviously Tex-Mex or Mexican barbecue, you know, your standards, of course, that's always been here. But there wasn't all the fancy restaurants that we have now. No. It wasn't until 2010 to 14 did we start seeing that, you know. So I got in right before that. <coughs> Excuse me. I would say like, you know, it's – Equivalent's like riding a wave, yeah. you know? Like, I got in the right spot that was going to carry me, you know, especially with the growth of the city. I've just grown in 10 years. Yeah, So Huge. the fact that I got in at that time, and this is, you know, less than a year after the market crash, yeah. you know? So it's just it's such a weird time to really start a business. Um, but it worked. The timing worked. And like I said, it was really more about filling a hole, you know, mm -hmm. creating a solution to something that I thought was a problem. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess other people thought it was a problem too. <laughs> yep. You know, I was like, oh. I mean, my my family's from New York and it was like, you know, Sunday. My dad grew up making bagels. Uh, he's from Brooklyn. And awesome. like Sunday morning, weekend mornings, we'd get up and bagels and locks, all the good stuff. Love it. And I remember wow. moving here, my brother, both my brother and my dad asked, like, is there a good bagel place? And I actually stumbled upon Rockstar just in a Google search, like best bagels in Austin. Um, and they were delicious. Thanks. And there really weren't any other options, right. to be no, honest. They, with. Like no, I, Einstein, yeah. That's kind of it. Sometimes I feel guilty in Austin going to the same restaurant more than one, you know, right, more than sure. one just because there's so many good ones. Well, but, you want to support it. Um, you know, you go to Rockstar and then you look up something else. Yeah, I'm not going to Einstein. For right. Bagels, I can get those in Atlanta. I get those wherever. Sure. Um, so it is nice to have like a born and bred local Austin company that you can support that also makes really good quality. Food. Sure. I mean, you know, now there, there's competition out there and the bagel boom, I don't think it's seen its day yet. I feel like there'll still be more people uh, shooting for that. But, you know, but at least now I can say that I've set a standard, mm -hmm. you know, that all right, you want to open another bagel shop in this town? You better make it good, otherwise you're not going to last because, you know, mm -hmm. quality. And that's that's the good thing about the city is when people did start opening up better restaurants, better food, in my mind, you know, and this is, I guess, maybe it's, it's a natural business instinct is 
Well, you know, my first rule of thumb is always know your competition. That's the first rule of business that I've taught myself. Because if you know your competition, you go out and you try their food, you're like, I don't care what, what style of food you're talking about here. You're like, damn, that's really good. Either I'm going to close down or I'm going to up my yep. recipe and get it at least on par, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know? So now it's like it sets a standard. And when it comes to food that should quality and high standard should be something that we are looking forward to mm-hmm. and, and asking for. You know, because God, there's enough bad food on this planet. Yeah. You know, especially in the U.S. Greg and I were talking about lunch today. How we said how, what makes Austin so much different than some of these other big cities? Like when we when people say, the food in Austin is amazing. Yeah. If you went to another major city, like could, what's the difference between there and Austin? Is it? I mean, you'll find some really good restaurants, but is it the amount of restaurants? Is it the quality? One of the things we talked about was. Austin is so like, you know, clean conscious, health conscious that not only is the food good, but a lot of it is good for you sure. when it comes to the ingredients. Obviously, right. a bagel, you know, isn't great for the love handles, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can make it with clean ingredients and, yeah, absolutely. and do it the right do. way. Yeah. We, there's only five ingredients in our plain bagel. Okay. Wow. You know, um, five ingredients. You look at any bread, store-bought bread, the ingredient list is oh, huge, huge, yeah. huge yeah. and all yeah. types of garbage in it. And, you know, people, you know, you deal with the whole, I don't know, and maybe it's a sour spot for me, the whole <laughs> gluten intolerant thing. I mean, I've, because I have to look at all those studies because it's my business, yeah, you know. Right, right, right. Um, and outside of being celiac, there's really no concrete proof of gluten intolerance. You know, yes, you're eating a bunch of carbs that turn to sugar. Yeah, that you don't want to overdo any of that. Yeah. But what I do realize, and one, you know, our bagels and bagels are supposed to be, but at least ours are, um, fermented, right? At least 24-hour mm-hmm. fermentation, sometimes up to 48 hours. Fermented foods are just better for your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything breaks down easier in your body. You know, of course, carbs turn to sugar, no doubt. But we don't add any extra sugars. I mean, malt is a sweetener. Um, that's kind of the key ingredient in, in a bagel. But we don't add any brown sugar or anything to... A lot of bread will add sugar to help the yeast. The yeast doesn't need help. It feeds off the starch in flour. Mm. It doesn't need any help. So you don't need to add sugar. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we try to keep things really clean. We use, you know, non-bromated or non-bleached flour. You know, everything we can do is the best quality we can get. And it's expensive. You know, that's, in, yeah. that's, that's the problem with everything in the U.S. is the more natural it is, the more expensive it is. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, and like it's you tough. Said, yeah, the only way to recoup that is by charging more for the. Yeah, right. The otherwise, you don't have a product, or otherwise, you know, your fast food will move in. That's giving you a crap product. That's bad for your health. Yeah, and all this stuff, and that's what you get for cheaper. So, unless people on the back end start stop charging so much, they'll always have to carry down to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, I think I think most people when they hit thirty. They understand if they like food and they like good, good experiences, they're willing to pay for it because they realize it is part of their health. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's like, it, to me, it's really important to use the best possible products at all times, you know, and nothing, nothing that's just garbage, especially when it's, if it's only five ingredients, it should be as simple as possible. It's all technique, 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 yeah. you know, but yeah. Isn't water, the water, like when people say New York bagels versus anywhere else? The pizza too. It's, it's the water. 
you know, there, there's... Is there truth to that? There's a lot of truth to that, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> is it the end-all, be-all? No. Technique is the end-all, be-all. Hmm. But if you're in a certain place where the water is not very good, well, that's 50% mm. of your product. Pizza, mm-hmm. it's 70% of your product. You're not, you know, so honestly... do you like, use Austin water or do you ship it? No, right now we do use Austin water. Um, when I do, like, I used to do the Houston Wine and Food Fest every year uh, for 11, 11, 10 years. Um, but with there, I would replicate New York City water because Houston tap water was not very good. Mm-hmm. I would say if I, you know, as a New Yorker... It, I drink. I can drink tap water. Now I kind of avoid all tap water after knowing what's in all tap water. You know, but Austin tap water is fine. I've never had a problem with Austin tap water. I go to California, Florida, can't stand the tap water. Never, it's gross to me. So if I was in a place like that, I would have to uh, replicate it. I know how to replicate. I'd say about ninety percent close to New York City water. Um, so like, like a scientific thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I started studying water chemistry. Insane the first year. What does this year. guy not do? I mean, it's your business. He, like, reminds you, me of you tell uh, us your tour Franklin's and, barbecue guy. Yeah. The scientist. Yeah. Well, you, you have to be. Well, baking is science. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's an art to it, of course, but it really is science. The order you do things, everything's measured, measured, measured by weight because volume changes. You know, flour can look different depending on the humidity in the air and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that goes into all this stuff. And so I was working with a lot of. Uh, beer people, believe it or not, because I was getting my malt from the beer companies and realizing that beer is 99% water. So when you make a Pilsner, German beer, Belgian beer, you need to replicate that water. Mm. It's 99% water. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're using just Austin tap water and trying to make a Belgian beer, it's not going to work. <laughs> you, so these dudes knew how to manipulate water. And I was just like, oh. So uh-huh. I had my buddy in Brooklyn you know, send me a sent me a bottle of tap water, got it, sent it off to the lab, had it analyzed, sent the Austin tap water off to the lab, had it analyzed, yeah, brought them the numbers. Like, how, how do we do this? So when you did that, was there a significant difference yeah. in just the two? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Austin tap water is, I think, a 9.5 pH balance, which is That's great good, right? for the body. Well, it's great for the body. The body, you, you want a slightly higher pH balance, right? It's promotes good health Mm -hmm. but for baking and cooking you want neutral which is like 7.32 or something and new york set new york city tap water is that it's it's neutral water it's like 7.2 or something so it's perfect for like just chemistry you know what um so that's the whole big thing about new york water it's it's because of its ph balance and its mineral content makes it really great for for baking cooking whatever you do with it um so through working with these beer makers, and they're, you know, I was up there all the time, and they're all super cool, and I'd be buying stuff as I was boiling things and making stuff to, you know, to try to make my job easier, creating equipment and stuff like that. And they're always, they're always bringing them bagels, and they love me up there. So we would sit, they go, oh, we got this software, we got these things, so we would talk and sit and run through softwares, and I was like, figure out how to adjust, you know, Austin tap water to get pretty damn close to New York City tap water. Wow. You know, it said it's it's wow. at least ninety percent close um, uh, uh, match, if not a little bit higher. So I used that in Houston because I didn't like the water in Houston, and man, it made a big difference. And I've been wanting to do that here because for some odd reason, there's you know 
all these rumors start that we ship the water. I'm like, I've never said that in any article, interview ever. But this is, you know, it's just the sure. telephone game and it just sounds cool. Somebody says it and thinks it and somebody says it as a fact and it becomes a fact. And like everybody calls our uh, salt bagels, um, salt rosemary, uh, sea salt and rosemary. I'm like, it's just salt. No, it's not sea salt. Uh-huh. Like, Why did they never, say that? I don't know. Oh. Somebody <laughs> said it once or <laughs> just thinking and it just that becomes a thing. Like actually, sea salt contains contains mercury. We you know we use good rock salt. Mm-hmm. No mercury in rock salt. You know, um, it's in a mountain, not in the ocean. So it's just like different things. But these things kind of just happen. But yes, and I have replicated. And the idea now that we just kind of went through a lot of changes at the shop, um, a lot of cosmetic renovations and stuff. The idea is now to put an RO system in, and then start replicating New York City water on a daily basis with our batches and stuff once it just it just takes room maybe that's where people are getting it from when you talk about you know using new york city water maybe they're just assuming that you're getting it right and i don't don't, you know most of the times i just let people assume yeah yeah that's fine but yeah that's why they need to listen yeah so you want to hear the real truth inside here yeah you know um you want to know what's brewing you come here exactly Wow. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's yeah, definitely a thing we will be implementing once we kind of have the space because it is – a lot does go into stuff like that, you know. And, again, there's a cost factor too to all this stuff. Yeah, and we'll, we'll plug, obviously, the, the spots you guys are at, but um, that was the one – where you are now, I mean, is a prime time spot on the east side, which back when you got it probably yeah. – Nobody wasn't. wants to go there. Right? Yeah, because uh, yeah. when I moved here in 2013, I remember it, there were kind of cutoffs. East of 35 already was like, yeah, you know, iffy. Sure. Right. And then if you were east of, of 35, you wanted to be west of Pleasant Valley, which you guys still are um, right. west of Pleasant Valley. But still, there are some areas that are a little, you know. Right, we're pretty much in between be airports and 35. Okay. But, you know, as a New Yorker, I might be living on the east side since 2009 yeah um that's where i first moved to the east side and i was like i'm never going back to west of 35 yeah. like it felt more like new york to me it felt like a neighborhood you know diversity um you know money and rich and poor and everything was there you know mm-hmm. and it just felt more real to me it didn't feel like nothing was sugar-coated yeah so I always just want to have my business on the east side. I just felt more connected to it. What are the cross streets? Rosewood, and right? Chacon. And Chacon. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, you know, that neighborhood's changing a lot. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, gentrification is always something that's talked about and mentioned on the east side. And I've had, I've seen posts of people accusing us of gentrification, which is absolutely absurd because these people don't even know what the definition of gentrification yeah. is. And that shit pisses me off. Like, I get really angry about certain things you want to say you don't like our bagels that's cool everybody's got a preference if we fuck up that's cool yeah. we'll always you know step up to the plate do right by somebody that we might have done wrong or messed up an order or whatever but like to, to accuse us of things gets me really angry i'm sure it's, it's like that's what dumbs down this country it is the idiocracy that exists people don't know the definitions of things they assume this is this, and it's not like you know, like we we hire everybody, um, all race, colors, creeds, genders, 
locals, homeless people, tons of homeless people. We actually taken homeless people off the street to a point where in a year they were able to buy a house from working with us. Wow. You know, like, and I didn't even know this one, but my buddy's like, how do you have him working here? He's like, he was, you know, two months ago, he was a homeless guy down my street, lived on the street corner. I'm like, well, he's been working for us now for <laughs> a month. You know, a year later, I was signing paperwork so he can get himself a house. You know, from off the street to getting a house from working with us. So I think Greg wanted to touch on. He was uh, talking a little bit about your involvement. Oh yeah, go for it. Still whiskey, gotta yeah. love it. Yeah, still um, here. I love it. Joey's taking a nice little pour. Yeah. second pour. I'm, I'm digging it. Kudos um, you still. Yeah. So there's <coughs> coffee shops, bagel shops out there that can't be named right now that uh, that throw away their bagels at the end of the day. The ones that haven't been sold. And it literally, the idea makes me shudder. I makes me quake that. in my boots. But you're doing things a little differently. Yeah. We've, since, since we've been in this location, since we've had retail, uh, Key Boston Fed, they're amazing. Oh. amazing. And, you know, we, we definitely donate tons of stuff. But anything over, you know, people do love day-olds. Cause they're cheap and they're still great. Yeah. Um, so we do sell day-olds. Whatever doesn't get sold goes to post sales and that all goes to keep Austin fed. And you know, we store them, you know, properly. And I think it's once a week they come by and we do have, you know, I'm very big on no waste. Uh, we, we have really a little to zero waste kind of policy at the shop outside of mistakes and dough and stuff like that. But um, if it can be, you know, because keep Austin fed, I mean, they, they feed everybody from homeless to less fortunate to, to whatever. I don't know. They have a whole slew of, clientele that they feed for all, all wow. types of food. So, you know, we love, because I I've never heard it. of Keep Austin Fed. Yeah, they're, they're a fabulous wow. company. Okay. Um, you know, in France, it's now illegal to throw away food that is edible. Yeah. And that's, it yeah. should be. It should be. You know, uh, yeah. Ma- you know familiar with Massimo Bittura? No. Oh, God. Massimo? Yeah, he's like this amazing Italian chef. Um, a couple years ago, he won like best restaurant in the world. Fabulous. But he is, he's, He's done a lot of research, and he's kind of really heads up this whole kind of no-waste food thing. Um, and he's got a zero-waste restaurant as well. But mm. you know, he talks about there's something like, I forget, it's like 7 billion tons of food thrown away, edible food thrown away each year. That's it, It's disgusting. Yeah, People sick. starving all over the world. Yeah. So I'm really big on that kind of stuff. You know, mm. like I'm not trying to save the world or do anything crazy, but if there's things I can do to help yeah. – you know, like, you know, I grew up with two older brothers who ate every damn thing that wasn't nailed down. So if I didn't eat my food, it was going to be eaten by them. So, you know, I will finish my food. Like, I hate waste, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And and that's just the big thing with us. And thank God we do do a product that, you know, although it sucks to have to be done fresh constantly all the time, you know, there's no break from that. But it is, you know, we, we can save it enough where it can get out the door and get in somebody else's stomach. You know, and it's a, for us, it's not a big cost to, to lose that kind of stuff. Um, and just to know that it's going somewhere and it's being used and being eaten, that makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. Keep Austin Fed is our main kind of source and has been for a long time. It's huge. Yeah, and I love that. I think yeah. more people should, should adopt that. Yeah, and yeah, we, we, do, we buy where we can in bulk. And obviously, for things that we don't sell as much. We go to H E B and pay retail prices for. It. We you know we don't get it wholesale because otherwise we're gonna be left with a ton of leftover and don't want that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pay more money at retail prices to you know um, sell it out and have it fresh all the time and not have to deal with 
throwing away stuff because mm-hmm. I really hate it. Yeah. You know. Don't so, waste. What's so yeah. you've obviously done a lot of the learning on your Tons. own. Yeah. Um, you went and you taught a class at St. Ed's. Mm-hmm. What were some of the, or, or do you have people or business owners that kind of helped influence or, or that you look up to as mentors? You mentioned someone before that was a mentor to you. There's been a lot. Um, yeah, I so said, like, you know, when I first started my first commercial ki- commercial kitchen, Andrew Brooks, he was uh, the owner of that kitchen. Yeah, I mean, he just taught me a lot about food and being in a kitchen and how things work. Mm-hmm. This is how you turn on an oven like this, you know? Like, there are things I had no idea about. So, and I knew I could always go to him for advice. And I still can to this day. You know, we're still friends 12 years later that I can go to him if I have kind of questions or concepts and thoughts because he's been in the business a long time um i've worked with a lot of great business owners as clients you know and i've learned some from everybody you know my my i had a silent partner for years um to the one who i started working for <laughs> in the beginning doing this marketing stuff mm. then you know he came in to give me some money he's been a huge inspiration and you know watching him run his business and learning what to do and what not to do and be able to go to him to just relieve stress you know, because I'm just like, I'm kind of on the nervous, nervous, I'm having a nervous breakdown yeah. right now. As like, talk to me. And I'd let it all out. He'd be like, it's going to be fine. Like, you're on track. You do, you know, uh-huh. has your account ever gone into the red? I'm like, no, not yet. Uh-huh. Like, I've gotten to like dollars in there. He's like, you haven't, it was like, yeah, no, I haven't. Cool, you're doing the right thing then. <laughs> it's like, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. Just, just keep going. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of that over the years for sure. Wow. Um, and anytime I, I, come across somebody who's who runs their business really well hmm. it inspires me have you yeah. looked have you been back to st ed's or have you been contacted by any other local uh whether it's a no a university school no. That was, no. That was one and done you didn't go in there with whiskey and tequila and no no okay good uh-huh. dude it's probably been more comfortable i got a, i got an interesting little uh timeline of events that happened okay and, and it has to do with with you and it has to do with one of my really wired and fired up buddies that actually lives right down the street from from cherrywood coffee shop he actually called me as we're we're talking here a minute ago which is really weird okay yeah so this guy i I told him that uh that you were coming on the show a couple months back and he goes dude yeah i know that place i've had it and he literally seemed he seemed upset with the fact that you've got one location and only one. Uh-oh. He seemed upset. So what is going to happen in the next five years? Please, for the love of God, for the love of my buddy that <laughs> wants to see more Rockstar Bagels in the world. Yeah, What's going the, on? all the people in West Austin. That's in West really, Austin, yeah. It's a really good question. Uh, North Austin. You know, we did have a trailer in Leander for a few months, but it killed me. I lost too much money mm. and I had to pull out. It just there wasn't enough people there. But yes, people yeah. who were there all the time were like begging, please get, get closer. Yeah. Um, you know, because wholesaling isn't enough. Because wholesale, it's like, you know, it's not like it's out of the oven in your hand, you know, because we have to deliver. We got to let everything cool down, then bag it, then deliver it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fresh, but it's not like out of the oven fresh. So there is a difference. So having that retail or sandwiches and, you know, we experiment. Is de- there's definitely uh, people have been asking all over parts of town. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the me and my GM decided we're like, all right, 
once we get through the renovations, we're going to sit down and make a five-year plan. Because we just signed a five-year lease again in this new location. Wow. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping to stay in that location a long time, but a better building. You know, and that that's a possibility. But, yeah, like, we need a five-year plan. I really wanted to open up something out by us. I yeah. was like, oh yeah, oh, but now, to, no... but everything. I was just a little bit too late because now all the prices are shooting up in the properties over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. Maybe that AT, uh, what's it called, the Velocity ATX Velocity, next to the airport. You know, I have to look and see. A lot of those places are they, they charge ridiculous rents. Sure. And, you know, but people understand this is a penny product, so we got to sell a ton to to right. make money. And probably labor is not cheap anymore. Nothing is cheap, you know, except for the damn product that we sell is cheap. Because if it's not cheap, well, then nobody wants to pay for it. Then, yeah. then you're screwed. Mm. Um, so there, there is going to be a five-year plan. Um, I, I'm not, you know, it's funny because everything I do in my life, I have a vision for, and then I walk the path of the vision. Yeah, everything I do in life, that's kind of the way it works. The bagel company is the only thing I don't necessarily do. Like, like I have short visions. Like, you know, my vision when I started the company was. Get it up and running, hire somebody else to run it, then go back to playing music. Go on tour and just have money coming in. Let somebody else run the business and you just go play music. Yeah. It took me a good seven, eight years to kind of get there where now I can pretty much work anywhere I want in the world as long as I have a Wi-Fi. Um, I don't need to be on hand unless something like during a renovation or, or, or certain things like I fix a lot of the equipment and stuff. Outside of that, I've got a lot of leeway. So that was my only goal ever. I'm like, and just, you know, make enough money to, to survive and, and live a decent life and let everybody else make enough money too, you know? Um, so I'm like, oh, shit, I need to think about, like, I can't believe it's 12 and a half years. I'm like, I need to start thinking about what's going to happen at the end of 17 years. I'm like, oh, this is a lot, a lot to think about. Yeah. Um, you know, but I know the path. So I might not be able to tell you what's going to happen in five years right now, but I'll tell you that we'll walk the path. and. The way things are going, I'm sure there will be other locations. Uh, where, what, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that's, it's kind of like, just inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They say what's in a name. i tell you what, Rockstar Bagel sure does have a nice ring to Good it. Good city for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a, um, it's funny because the name is so cliche. <laughs> but it, it just meant more to me because like that was my lifestyle. You know, it's like, well, all right, I'm still up all night to set up. I'm just not, you know, high or drunk or, you know, partying, you know, making food. Yeah. But I'm still living the same hours, um, minus the sleeping part, (laughs) you know. So it's like, this is even more hardcore rock star. I don't even sleep, you know, (laughs) and I'm sober. Um, Yeah, but everybody just loved the name right away. I was like, all right, well, it's not really... You know, reinvent the wheel here, but it works. So to get to get the listeners' taste buds going, usually we um, ask our guests to kind of give a parting message to the people. But for you, I want it to be a little more specific. Aside from when you show up to the the location at Rosewood and Chacon, what can they expect? And what would you, if you were going for lunch today or breakfast? What's the go-to? What's the experience they're going to have, and what would you order? Mm. Um, one, I recommend everybody ordering online because, you know, we, we, it is, it's, the size of the building is 80% hard, 
wholesale. Yeah. It's, it's a production facility, really. So our, our retail window is really small. So we can only handle so much. You know, now through the renovations, it's giving us more room, more capabilities to to take more orders okay. and be more efficient with that. Um, it just we're just in a tight spot, very old built, ninety year old building. It's just not the best place to be. But so order we're ahead. On. Okay. You know we have now we have Uber Eats or, or, or you can do we're on Uber Eats. Yeah. Um, things have been a little bit different since the renovations kind of been changing. Now we're back in the space and. Um, we're handling more, but usually before that, we would turn off Uber Eats a lot because we're slammed and we can't add that too. You know, so, so we can only handle so much. Yeah. Everybody wants everything toasted. Yeah. Well, the toast, it takes 45 seconds to a minute to toast a bagel. You got 100 That's bagels expensive. online. It's 100 yeah. minutes. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. we, we can't make the toaster work any faster. Yeah. You know, so these things. They're just a part of 100 minutes. That's a good point, yeah. It's just the nature of the game, right? Yeah. So I recommend ordering ahead. We have a dedicated pickup window now. So now that we're kind of back in, we have a dedicated service window to order food, and we have a dedicated pickup window. So it's Mm. nice. You can Mm. have to wait on that same line anymore, which is a really nice benefit. We still are doing a lot of cosmetic stuff, and we'll just work around people but until it's done. But um, for now, yeah, you can go order online. It'll tell you when your order will be ready. Come right to the pickup well, your window, website? grab it. Your, your, the website, The yes. website. Yeah, What's yeah. the website? Rockstarbagels.com. Dot com. Okay, Easy. perfect. Uh, Uber Eats is yeah. always a good way too, mm-hmm. but you know, the real experience is showing or, or just ordering it there and then having just everything out of the oven, ready, yeah. fresh. Now, I'm partial to, you know, on a simple day, I want, you know, bacon, egg, and cheddar yeah. on a garlic oh, bagel. Stop. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of my, my go-to jam. Yeah. Sometimes I'll throw turkey instead of bacon. It depends. Um, the Indie Fit is glorious. The Indie Fit's really like a high-protein my, my bagel. Wife, my wife had that Yeah. One. It's, it's, it's great I'm for slamming. runners and stuff because you have a little bit, you know, you have big. carbs. Huge. It's big. Oh, my it's God. filled with all this protein. Yeah. And, oh, it's What's on it? Delicious. Give us a quick That's my, my friend Amanda. She Avocado. started. Turkey, uh, I've got tomatoes and uh, I can't tell you. I, turkey, eggs, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, all of it. All it's of great. It. All, yeah. all the good proteins. Good. My friend Amanda had started a, a workout business. Like a lot of it was geared towards musicians and stuff like that. And she called it Indie Fit. And she's mm. like, "Is this something we can do?" I'm like, "Well, let's pair up and do like a bagel to go with that." So it's named after her company, um, her workout company, and uh, it's really it's like we've had this now for years. And it's a killer bagel, like. Mm can't leave the menu because now it's like such a staple but you know then it's also like on a sunday tradition locks you know yeah just just a killer locks and cream cheese tomato Dude. capers onions like me i'm a garlic bagel fan onion garlic they're at that point when they're toasted they're pretty much the same thing anyway but um I always prefer garlic first and then goat onion. But yeah, huge fan. That's my go-to. Wow. Everybody's got their own things. You know? Getting hungry over here. There's, you know, yeah. there's all types of combinations that we recommend to people. A lot of people go with like simple stuff like peach basil cream cheese on a salt bagel, salt rosemary. You know, that, that's definitely a thing people like. Not sea salt. Not sea salt. Just salt rosemary. Sea salt does sound so nice. Such a nice word. Call it what you want. That's it's trendy. It is, right? It's hip. Um, but yeah, oh. I mean, I'd sit on a, on a Sunday. Sometimes it's nothing better than just a big fat lox sandwich, oh, yeah. cream cheese, and tomatoes, and all the good stuff. Told Greg yeah. on the way over. I ordered one of those a couple months back. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah you, do you have black and white cookies? The, we don't. I, that's, I don't know how to make them, but there is some stuff that I am considering getting from New York or learning how to make. Come that, on. That's I, like, mean, I know. 
Well, the idea, you know, that's, we only have 10 flavors of bagels. You know, you, go, you know, a lot of bagel shops have so many flavors and yeah. so many cream chips. Like, I no. don't want waste. Keep it so, simple. No. Yeah. Keep, it, keep, right. keep it simple, stupid, right? Isn't that always the rule? Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I want to, you know, we will be adding pumpernickel bagels really soon. We, we've tested them. They come out great. I love pumpernickel. Um, mm. I do want to add an egg bagel soon. The egg bagel yeah. are good. That's oh, yeah. still one of my favorites. <laughs> You know, so there's little things we want to add little by little, um, but we do want to get into and things like cookies will last longer, stuff like that. So I do want to add some of that stuff in there yeah. as we get the room. Well, storage is a big thing too, you know, be able to store all this food yeah. product, you know. So there's stuff like that. We we definitely will be adding on to our menu as more New Yorkers come because California, New York, Florida, sure. that's where people are coming here from. Mm. Yeah. So they're going to be looking. They're Google searching best. Bagels, best pizza, best black and our white pizza cookies. Bagel. Have you had our pizza bagel? No, yet? no, oh, no. I need it's fabulous. I need it to get over great. there. Man, so oh, yeah. To 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 that point, um, when restaurants try to spread their so, themselves too thin and come up with all these, like what you're doing, it's like we know we're good at bagels. Right. Let's come up with our ten uh, sure. different types of bagels and just pump them out. That's the way to do it. Because I think so. Um, Maintain you know, quality. Yeah, like Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs> they keep it simple. They, they do. do. They do. They yeah. do. I, think, I mean, that's I, it. I don't forget. Like first time I went to Chipotle, in, it was in New York in like I don't know, two thousand five or something. And I was like, fast food. This is New York City. All this great. We lived in the East Village and so many amazing restaurants. I was like, oh, this the, the bean and rice burrito. I'm like, I'll go with you. I was like, damn, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Who knew? And you know what but you're But it was simple, right? It was go. just like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's such an art in keeping things really simple. Mm. And you build as per needed. And, you know, that's one thing I learned in business is don't expand before it's your time. Yeah. You know, if you get to 90, 95% capacity, then expand. Mm. You know, with, with everything, that mentality of like, all right, we're selling all 10 flavors pretty equally now. Maybe. Let's add an 11th. Yeah. yeah. But make sure we work on it and it's great and that it fits with everything you know you build on things little by little because if someone right? comes and their first experience wow. is getting the pumpernickel and it hasn't been perfected right then they might not back. be back right exactly so it's really important to really focus on the foundation of stuff yeah. you know i don't like to grow until it's time and you know life will tell you when it's time mm-hmm. a lot of times you like for me it's always been forced into growth well then you know it's time to grow and yeah. then you do what you have to do you know it's I don't know. I think that's a, just a really good business concept. I watched so many businesses just spend all this money. And, and I guess that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? Again, I don't know anything about business. I don't claim to. But that's what I watch is, all right, well, now you get somebody's gonna, you're going to take somebody else's money, yeah. tons of it, and you're going to spend it all and open all these locations and try to collect all of it at one time and go really big. Cool. Most of those places don't stick around that long. Nope. So for 12 and a half years – Based off a really simple concept, which is foundation. Yeah. So I don't. Know, I think that there's some art to that. Love it. Anytime you watch Shark Tank, the, the sharks appreciate the uh, entrepreneurs on there that like went door knocking and just started yeah. from with nothing and Ground worked on it. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, similar sure. to, to your story here, like you just started real small, six six a.m. six bagels every day, right? God, there's your first client, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Maybe my life was over, <laughs> at least for a while. Yeah, you know, but it took a long time to get that back. But now I have a great life, so I don't complain much. You know, I love it. it's awesome. 
Yeah, the life that Beagle's built. Who would have thought? You know? Yeah. It's cool. Super cool. It's great. I mean, he's given, he's laid it all out there. Yeah. I'm really sorry yeah. that I didn't forget samples today. No, it's okay. I, just I had, had it. so much stuff. He on. didn't have it yet. He's going to have it soon. I've had oh, you've had Oh, that's right. Yeah, folks it's been a while because I live now southwest. I live in Circle C. Okay. So, you know, on a weekend morning, it's not the worst trip, but it's, you know, 20 minutes across. Uber Eats it, though? I could that's do Uber not, Eats. not quite the same. I know. I want a, I want a fresh. Yeah. But, you know. At, when, when we'll we get you on next time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, the I'll, the, I'll, the, the follow-up? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll bring yeah. some proper sandwiches. Yeah. Where do you get your locks? Oh. Um, Alaska, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think now. Who, who do we get them from? We get it from our distributor. Um, we, we've gone through different locks because locks are really expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh I mean, yeah. This is why when you buy them, they're expensive, but they're expensive to ho- on the wholesale side yeah. too. Um, but I think we get them through our distributor. But we went through a lot picking the right locks. Yeah. You know, the best tasting, the freshest. Um, I can't remember what the company is that that makes it. I thought it was Pacific something. I something we wouldn't know, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, yeah, my my GM handles that kind of stuff. At a certain point, you know. Way to go, GM. Yeah, you, you trust. Uh, you have to trust yeah. the people you hire mm-hmm. to run things. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise sure. you're just stressed. Yeah, I want to drink for fun, not because you know, <laughs> I'm stressed and I need you know need a release. You know, I always know that's time not to drink or yeah. party. It's like, no, no, focus. But you, know, you have people you can trust, you can go on with your life. Mm-hmm. And you just mm-hmm. oversee things, right? You know, let things move in their own path and just, just little bumpers, like, you know, like the kid bowling, right? Yeah. Just be bumpers on the side. Let them throw it. You'll get there. You know, it doesn't have to be perfectly straight. Biz- running a business is an obstacle course, so. Oh, that's the truth. And you've gone through it, but I think that's all we got. Well, folks. It's time. Oh. It's time for this week's Weekly Brew. Brew, brew. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We got your your weekly news story here. So Apple, we've all heard of them. We all might even have an iPhone in this room. Mm -hmm. And we could probably say that that they've got a lot of really smart people working working there, making their big-time decisions, right? Now, now. Now, we all know that Apple's got a presence here, and they're building a, a, a $1 billion campus up in North Austin, right? Um, well, it just so happens that on the 28th of August, just a couple days ago, they're releasing that building over on the west side off 360. They're releasing that for 11 years. Yeah, sure. And on year five, guess what? Hmm. They bought it. Oh, wow. They bought it. They've acquired their third massive piece of real estate including in the greater austin area wow yeah yeah including the one they're building included that that one's getting put up they already have the palmer lane and then they just bought this one over on the west side they're my clients for a while they're just it's just what does that tell you though uh prepping for big things here in austin i'd say it's a significant indicator that they believe in the the strength and the growth of this real estate market Mm -hmm. it's huge it's huge well, folks, uh, Joey, thank you so much for, for coming That's on the awesome, show. guys. Thank you. As a New Yorker, I can safely say that your bagels do remind me of home. And as Dorothy said to Toto, there's no taste like home. There's no taste like home. I'm sure exactly. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next time, Austin. Cheers. Cheers.